I mean, some of these things that, you know, these traits, we got to say, Lord Jesus, can you help us in these, in these areas as well? How can I lead in these areas as a husband? Because I'm the head of the household, not in a proud way, but in a way that says, you know what? Um, sometimes all these burdens should not be on her. The podcast hosted by Jody Train, Joe on the mic, Leader Talk tackles various leadership strategies that cover self-development, self-leadership, including spiritual and physical health of leaders. This podcast will feature guests ranging from military leaders, thought leaders, health and nutrition leaders, spiritual leaders, nonprofit leaders, and many more. All right. Good morning, good morning, and we are starting our Proverbs reading of Proverbs 31. Now, this is in honor of Mother's Day, and I'm so excited to share with you guys because we're sharing uh, what we did earlier this year, Power of Proverbs, and it was a 21-day morning boot camp for men, and it it was a good time. It was a good time on, the, on that 31st day because we actually went 31 days instead of just uh, doing a 21 day challenge. And I'm just going to share uh, with you all. Hey, hello, hello, Jason, how you doing? And uh, right now, uh, this is going to be a special broadcast, uh, not necessarily a lot of interaction, but we're we're honoring mothers with the reading of Proverbs 31. And just uh, going over this again real quick so everybody understands. So anybody who does understand, at uh, this will be a broadcast a rebroadcast from our power of proverbs event that we had earlier this year it was actually a 21 day morning boot camp where we started off at six in the morning and went through the power of proverbs and discovered uh, just wonderful things new things relearned some things in proverbs and right now we're going to go ahead and share it let me see if i can share it properly and uh just go straight into the reading and go from here, because uh, like I said, uh, Proverbs 31 is, uh, is a good one, uh, because it, it's, it talks about the woman of God and how, uh, how important she is. So let's see here. Let me see if it's going to work. And you know, I just want it to be awesome for everybody so everybody can glean from it. And it'll be powerful. Here we go. Uh, let's see. All right. Hopefully y'all all enjoy it, and here we go. Lord, to always remember that your word, your goodness that's in your word here, when we, we come and we speak to people about you, that we speak from a heart of compassion, a heart of love, a heart of understanding your wonderful grace, that lives can be changed for your great glory. Now, Lord God, we'd always make it about you, because when it's all about you, Father God, wonderful, wonderful, awesome things happen. Lord God, touch the men here. Touch the men here with your grace, sons and fathers come together. Like it says in your word, Father God, that the hearts of the sons and the daughters will be returned to their fathers. Redeem the time, Father God. Redeem the time. And those that it might be in the hospital feeling isolated, Lord God, let your love rain down upon them. Comfort them with your Holy Spirit and power in the name of Jesus. 
Strengthen us, Father God, to help those that need to be strengthened. Comfort us, Lord, so we can comfort those that need to be comforted by your grace, by your power, by your authority. In Jesus' name. Because we need you, Father God, so we can be a help to those that need you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your strength, Father God. Thank you for what you've given to us in Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us Holy Spirit that we can walk in your ways, walk in your truth, be guided by your wonderful power, your grace. Help us be men of wisdom, of leadership in our homes, in our workplace, in the community, for your great glory. Let's continue our prayer as we jump in the word here. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. Pray that the perception of your mind may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the glorious riches of his inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe according to the workings of his vast strength. In Jesus' name, we pray all these prayers. Amen. Amen, gentlemen. Thank you for sharing. Uh, thank you for for being open about your needs because that's what that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be open with the, the needs that we have on our heart, and just to be real, authentic with Him, so He can do a mighty work in us and through us for Him to be glorified in all these things. Amen. All right, gentlemen, let's dive in. Let's dive in. All right, Proverbs 31, here we go. It says, the words of King Lemuel, I, I, I tear these names up. Lemuel, okay, all right, it says the oracle that his mother taught, taught him. These words, okay. Verse 2, what should I say, my son? What, son of my womb? What, son of my vows? Don't spend your energy on women or your efforts on those who destroy kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel, it is not for kings to drink wine or for rulers to desire beer. Okay, he's talking about beer, okay? So let's see what the other translation says real quick before we continue. It says, King Lemuel's royal words of wisdom these are the inspired words of my mother taught me, okay? Listen, my dear son of my womb, you are the answer to my prayers, my son. You can see the different translation. So keep yourself sexually pure from the promiscuous, wayward woman. Don't waste your strength of your anointing on those who ruin kings. A little bit different, but clarifies. You'll live to regret it, yeah? For you are king Lemuel. Hopefully I'm saying that right. It's never fitting for a king to be drunk on wine or for rulers to crave alcohol. Yeah, so, makes sense, makes sense. And just a quick reminder that uh, I read from the Holman Christian Standard Bible first, and then if there's any questions about translation, I, I revert to the Passion Translation to get a better understanding of the word. So we'll continue with the broadcast. And verse five, 
It says, otherwise, I'm going back to the other translation, otherwise they will drink and forget what his decree and pervert justice for all the oppressed. It says, give beer to one to one who is dying and wine to those whose life is bitter. Mm-mm-mm. And it, it, that talks about, you know, back in the day, they didn't have medicines or anything else like that. So they probably used these things, like I said, it says there for to cure certain things, thinking that that's what it was, but that's not godly wisdom. That's probably what they were doing. And it says, verse 8, speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed. It says over here, in the Passion, but you are a king who speaks up on behalf of the disenfranchised and pleads for legal rights of the defenseless and for those who are dying. Verse 9 says, speak up, judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and needy. Okay, yeah, so it's similar. Now here, verse 10, this is where we start getting into the Proverbs woman. But, you know, th through that little short uh, verses 1 through 9, kind of gives us the synopsis of all the Proverbs, talking about justice, talking about not being, getting drunk, because it affects our capacity for judging rightly, whether it be in our home, business, of course, like we were saying before. And it just gives us a whole, basically a summation of the Proverbs in those short nine verses. But here we go in verse 10. It says, who can find a capable wife? She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will not lack anything good. And we even read, you know, in the previous chapters, I can't remember which chapter it was, where it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds favor of the Lord. But remember, it says, he who finds. <laughs> so we got to be searching carefully and diligently for those, uh, those in this group that are not married yet. You want to find a good woman, and especially we said it before, a good woman that loves God more than she loves you. You definitely don't want to find somebody who thinks that you are going to be providing everything in her life. Now, we do provide. That's part of our DNA, that we are providers. We provide security. We provide protection. We are the, the head but she has to love God more than she loves you. And that's a sign of a good woman. That is a sign of a good woman. All right. Verse 12. She rewards him with good, not evil, all the days of her life. Yes. Amen, brother. That's what I'm talking about. It says, I have a great one, but she is strong in what I am not. Yes. That is a sign of a, of a great woman because God made woman to be our helpmate. You know, it says verse 13, she selects wool and flax and works with willing hands. 
She was like the merchant ships bringing her food from far away. Let's take a look here at the other translation. It says, uh, verse 12, although her life brings him all throughout her life, she brings him what is good and not evil. You know? 13, she searches out continually to possess that which is pure and righteous. She delights in the work of her hands. Mm -mm -mm. Says verse 14, she is like the merchant ships. Yeah, we read that. Over here it says, she gives out revelation truth to feed others. She is like a trading ship bringing divine supplies from the merchant. Wow. Let's go to verse 15. She rises while it's still night and provides food for her household and portions for her female servants. And it says over here, even in the night's season, she arises and sets food on the table for her hungry ones in her house and for others. Now, we could talk about food, but we also know that there is also heavenly food. You know, does she rise up in the morning to get her daily bread of God's word so she can set a table for her children of the daily bread of God. We can also look at it from that vantage as well. Not just she's cooking in the kitchen <laughs> and bringing the food, you know? So that's another good thing. Men, you future husbands looking for wives, those are some of the qualities that you might want to see. You know, does she, you know, in her walk, I'm not saying to stalk her or anything like that and see what she's doing, but, you know, it's good to know if she, if she actually dives in the Word of God as well. And you know what? If we want to have a woman that loves God, that is going forth and rising up early in the morning and diving into the Word of God and trying to help others and feed others with God's word. We got to be that too. We got to be that too. And sometimes, you know, and I've seen it before in my life, in our marriage, that when I take the lead, especially in those areas, it brings joy to my wife. And we've seen that, we've seen that here. My, even my wife said that, you know, I've changed for the better during this whole time of diving into Proverbs, diving into the Word of God. She's seen a change in me. I, I you know, I, I've, I've felt a change going through this, and I felt more joy in, in, in the Lord, and it's been amazing. But she saw a change in me, too. But the funny thing is that she didn't say anything until other men in this group, some of y'all here, mentioned, you know, about your wives, seeing a change in you. And I was like, you know what? And I asked her, I was like, have you seen anything going on with me? She's like, yeah. She said, you know, she's seen me more happy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And it has a new meaning for me now. When we delight in his word, and we've, we've read it, we read it, that when we use God's wisdom, it makes him happy. And when, you know, when we have that joy from the Lord, is it is our strength. 
So reading that for me now is, is it takes on a whole new connotation, a whole new perspective of how God sees things and, and how God operates when we take joy in his word. But going back to this, when uh, she rises up early, gets into the word of God, and she shares it with her family. Happy wife, happy life. Yep. <laughs> All right, let's read on. We're in verse 16. She evaluates the field and buys it. She plants a vineyard with her earnings. She's industrious. You know, she, she is a person that is shrewd, smart in her ways and her doings. But can you imagine how does she get that way? Someone had to lead her. Someone had to show her. Her mom, her dad. What were the influences on her life for her to be wise in how to buy a field? Let's see what it says in 16 uh, in the Passion Translation. She sets her heart upon a nation and takes it as her own, carrying it with her. Wow, that's a di totally different translation. She labors there to plant and live, plant living vines. Okay. As you can see, how the translations vary. But I'm, I'm used to this translation that's in the Holman Christian Standard Bible where it says that she evaluates a field and buys it and she plants a vineyard with her earnings. So you got to be very careful about what we read and how it translates. Verse 18. It says she sees that her prophets are good and her lamp never goes out at night. She, to me, that translates, she knows how to manage her money. She knows how to budget her money. And she makes sure that the money lasts, that her lamp does not go out. Verse 19, she extends her hand to the spinning staff and her hands hold the spindle. So that, you know, she knows how to work. She knows how she has skills in her labor and in what she does. But again, who taught her these things? Who influenced her life to where she knows how to buy land? She knows how to keep her money wisely. How to be skillful in working, needling, and, and spindling. Then it says, verse 20, her hands reach out to the poor, and she extends her hands to the needy. She has compassion. She knows how to do all these things, purchasing, working, being a godly person in the morning, providing for her family. She is skilled in her labor. She knows how to budget money, but yet she still knows how to extend help to the needy, to those who are less fortunate. I mean, it sounds like a, like a, uh, a superwoman, but you know what? That's not a superwoman. That's a godly woman. All right, folks, time for a sponsor break. Hey, everybody, don't forget to like and subscribe, comment, send me a DM if you like this episode, and share it with your friends. Again, share it with your friends. This is a good leadership stuff that everybody needs to know. Visit my website at joedetree.com, joedetree.com, to learn more about me. And uh, if you want a free coaching call, hey, go to my website, sign up for a complimentary co coaching call. I'd love to sit down with you and help you 
figure out how to make 2021 the best year ever. All right, back to our episode. Now I see a lot of these traits in my wife. She is very smart about sales, about negotiating. That's where I lack in those areas. You know, sometimes when I ask for God for wisdom and grace and finding certain things, he helps me out, you know. Well, my wife knows how to negotiate. She knows how to budget. When we first got married, whew, oh my gosh, it was bad <laughs> with the money. I did not know how to budget well. And thank God she, she helped us to get out of debt, my wife. Left to my own devices, woo, it would have been bad. But she knew how to manage money. It helped us out. It definitely helped me out in that area. Woo, good gravy. I didn't know how to balance my checkbook, even though I went through a checkbook class and stuff like that. I didn't understand the value of it, but she did. And she drugged me along to learn how to do it. So now she's so thankful that now I know how to manage things thank you jesus <laughs> so we don't have we don't have problems in that area verse 21 she is not afraid for her household when it snows for all of her household are doubly clothed mm. it says in the passion translation she is not afraid of tribulation for all her household is covered in dual garments of righteousness and grace. So to me, that tells me that uh, she knows how to prepare. She uh, doesn't wait until something happens. She's not reactive, but she is proactive. I mean, some of these things that, you know, these traits, we got to say, hey, Lord Jesus, can you help us in these, in these areas as well? How can I lead in these areas as a husband? Because I'm the head of the household. Not in a proud way, but in a way that says, you know what? Um, sometimes all these burdens should not be on her. But thankfully, she God has given her strength in these areas. But some of those areas, it should not be her burden. Verse 22, she makes her own bed coverings. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. I know that speaks of royalty anytime you see purple. Let's see, it says uh, in other translation, her clothing is beautiful, beautifully knit together, purple gown of exquisite linen. Yep. 22, she makes her own yeah, bed covers. Yeah, we read that. Verse 23, her husband is known at the city gates where, where he sits among the elders of the land. Verse 24, verse 24 says she makes and sells, oh, did I already read that? She makes and sells linen garments and she delivers belts to the merchants. Oh no, I did not read that. So she's an entrepreneur. Verse 25, strength and honor are in her clothing and she can laugh at a time to come. Let's see, let's see what it says in the translation here. Bold power and glorious majesty are wrapped around her as she laughs with joy over the latter days. Hmm. Verse 26. 
She opens her mouth with wisdom and love. Loving instruction is in her tongue. Amen. I tell you what, my mom, uh, you know, she was always encouraging and comforting when I was going through stuff in my younger years, especially during the time when I was suicidal, even though they didn't know, or I thought they didn't know that I was suicidal when I was a teenager. But our moms always had love and kindness for us. I don't know how moms do it, but they love us no matter what. And I'm so grateful for that. So she opens her mouth with wisdom and loving instruction is on her tongue. You know what? And with our wives, sometimes we just got to listen. We got to shut our mouth and just listen to the wisdom that comes out of our, our wife. Even if it stings a little bit. I have to be reminded of that all the time. Verse 27, she walks, she, excuse me, she watches over the activities of her household and is never idle. That's true. I don't know how women do it sometimes. They got, got to put it in them that, that they can watch over the, the household. They know what's going on. And, you know, they have a pulse on the family. I think that's Holy Spirit driven because they have a heart for the family. And that's what God's heart is for the family. So they can tune in to God and the Holy Spirit about certain things that we men, you know, we should be in tune with. But sometimes we get, uh, we get a little distracted with work, with busyness. But that's why I think we're, I'm so thankful that God is you know, giving us this time so we can dive into the Word of God and and have time with Him so we can see the areas that we need to actually focus on more and prioritize so we can have that sensitivity in our lives with the Holy Spirit so we can rightfully take our place, not as a, I'm the man, but as I'm the head of this house and to lead the family in the right direction or lead our marriage in the right direction, lead our children in the right direction, lead our ministry in the right direction. And we take time to be with God, to understand what he's saying in the word and apply it to our lives. And, you know, maybe these areas back here and I got to sit and evaluate it. Maybe these areas are for you. They're definitely for me. Uh, just pausing uh, this uh, this time right here. The areas that I was uh, referring to uh, were the five areas of authority that we were focusing on during the 21-day morning boot camp. Uh, the first one was uh, personal spiritual life, uh, business, career, or employment, which is number two. Number three was uh, family life. Uh, number four was mental and physical health. Uh, and number five was financial stability. And number six was whatever God laid upon uh, your heart during the time of the 21-day morning boot camp. So we were at the end of each boot camp, uh, we were asking the men 
to consider those areas where God was touching you during the reading of the particular proverb and to focus on that for that day in prayer and focusing on what God was revealing and how uh, to make adjustments needed, good, bad, and indifferent, <laughs> whatever those things were to just focus on those areas. So that's what I was referring to during this broadcast. All right, back to the broadcast. And this is a constant reminder to like, hey, these are the areas that I need to make sure that I'm being effective, prioritizing with the Lord so I can be the man of God he wants me to be. Verse 28, her sons rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. And man, I'm just going to get real here. Do we call our moms blessed? Do we tell our wives how much we love them? And how much they're a blessing in our life as we should? And we're not we're not lifting them up above Christ, but there's a reason why the scripture tells us these things. Her sons rise up and call her blessed. Or do we just wait for Mother's Day? We just wait for the birthday, wait for the anniversary. It says here, her sons rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also praises her. It doesn't say uh, on her anniversary. On our anniversary, we'll call her blessed and praise her. On her birthday, on Mother's Day, or you know, we'll call her blessed. Just as we we need to know that God loves us, we got to be reminded of how much God looks at us differently now because of Christ, because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. We, that's something I, hey, I, I'm just, I'm not saying it for, for you guys. I'm saying it for me too. I'm saying it for me too. The Lord help me to lift up my wife to let her home up how much I appreciate her and also lift up my mom too and thank God for her in my life. So what about if you have daughters, are you lifting them up and giving thanks for them and letting them know, not just in your prayers, but letting them know how much you appreciate them, especially daughters. Because men, fathers, if you're not the man praising your daughter, some other man's going to. And she needs to know your praises more than some strange dude. I'm just saying, I know this from experience. I'm not a guy, I'm not a girl, I know that. But from a lot of women that were hurt, especially the ones that were close to me, they had a disconnect from their father because the father did not express proper love that they needed. 
And granddaughter, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, and if you have granddaughters too. Need to see from us what love truly is in Christ so they're not deceived by uh, Joe Snuffy on the block as they grow up. I'm not, I know my first name is Joe, but, but yes, if they see true love in us, they won't be deceived while they're growing up. And again, it's not, man, as you listen to all this, don't feel condemned. Turn that into motivation because the devil, the devil will want you to feel condemned about this instruction, but it's not, if you're feeling condemned, you got to tell the, the devil, go take a hike and then seek God and say, God, how do you want me to use this to take me to the next level where you want me to be? Because remember, we're asking for God's wisdom. We're asking for God's enlightenment in his word. Now, if you feel conviction, yes. But condemnation, that's something different. And it's not about, oh, you're not doing the right thing. Duh. No, it's about taking the instructions that God has given us and then saying, again, Lord, how can I apply these things to my life? Because at the end of the day, we want to glorify him. Walk in his truth, walk in his strength and his love. Yep. <laughs> yes, the devil's already lost. All they can do is sit there and yep, 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 like a, like a chihuahua. But we have the victory, and this, this word, this instruction gives us the victory in Christ. Amen. It says, verse 29, many women are capable, but you surpassed them all. You know, that's always a good compliment to give. You, know, you want to get those score little points with the wife. You just say, hey, look, you know what? There's a lot of women in the world, but you are you surpass them all. And that's biblical. <laughs> you never know. You know, that might, that might, that might give her a little pep in her step, you know. But oh, here we go. Charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. Amen. Amen. And remember, we said that the fear is rever reverential awe, worshipful submission. Not a fear that cowers, but is an awe of God's goodness and his grace. And then verse 31, give her the reward of her labor and let her works praise her at the city gates. That's awesome. And the other translation, it says, so go ahead and give her the credit that is due, for she has become a radiant woman, and all her loving works of righteousness deserve to be admired at the gates of the city. And to me, that's, that, that talks about, you know what? Um, it's okay to let other people know how blessed you are with this woman that you have. And it's okay to, to, to say, you know what? She's, she, she helps me, she's done this, she's done that, and she's such a wonderful woman in God. It's okay. 
you're not lifting her above Christ, but you're you're letting everybody know what God is doing in her and that you're thankful to God for her. That kind of talking at the city gates is a good thing. At church, it is a good thing. Because in, at the end, you're giving glory to God for the wonderful woman, whether it's you know talking about your mom, your, your wife, your daughter, granddaughter, even nieces to lift them up and, you know, and, and it'll encourage other people as well to do the same. You know, we got to count the blessings in our life. You know, and when we do that, you know, that will, that will make them more radiant as well. I mean, even God praised Jesus when he was baptized. He came down and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. He didn't have to say that, but he did put it in scripture. And who knows, maybe we can even say, you know, this is my wife and whom I'm well pleased. You know, are they perfect now? You know, says, what do we got here? Yes, I will preach because my wife is God fearing, Jesus loving, yes. She is able to be there for our family, just like it says in chapter, amen. Amen, brother, you are blessed. You are blessed. So men, I think this is a, an encouraging chapter. It gives us little things that we can do that are big things in God's eyes to bless our wives for young men that are looking for a wife eventually gives us like a little framework, a little roadmap, a little checklist of things that we need to look for in a future wife and how we should compliment them, lift them up. It says they rise up. To me, that's rising up daily and call them blessed. So men, hopefully, hopefully you are encouraged like I am. Hey, uh, thank you guys for joining in, and I, I'm pausing the broadcast right there, and uh, I'm uh, I'm going to see if I can uh, in, invite some of you guys up to get your feedback of what you think of Proverbs 31. Let me see if I can do that, and, th and this is my first time doing this, so forgive me if I mess it up and I drop myself out of here. <laughs> Let me see. Joe. Hey, Reese, how you doing? How you doing? Doing good, good, came to support. <laughs> hey, no, thank you. Thank you for supporting me. Yeah, I appreciate right. that. So, uh, Reese, what, what do you think about the Proverbs 31 woman? And uh, just for, for us men uh, to, to consider uh, uh, out of this chapter, I mean, you don't have to go verse by verse to just, you know, what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, in a nutshell, someone who runs things. <laughs> she's running the home, she's running business, she's in leadership. She is, I would say, today's uh, serial entrepreneur. <laughs> and yet she's godly, she gives attention to family, to her, you know, husband, and all the different things. So yeah, she, she, 
she is busy and focused i would say outstanding i'm done speaking for now no thank you so much so much and, and i appreciate that yeah and and uh if for those that were that are just joining right now we were discussing and uh oh if you can please uh, mute yourself when you come up i appreciate that thank you um we were saying that earlier too Reese, that um we saw that yeah she was an entrepreneur um she took care of her family and she had the wisdom and grace to do all things in those areas and what we were also talking about during the broadcast was how someone had to teach her those things and how godly parents bring wisdom to their children and to to all their children to teach them to be industrious to teach them to to know how to conduct business for themselves and to not not just to be uh, independent, but to also be providing for their families. And also, uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna stop there because I'll start yip-yapping too long. And, and Jason, if I could ask you that question too, what, what, you were listening in and I appreciate it from the beginning. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Proverbs 31? Yeah, well, you know, it's definitely the right kind of godly woman to wait for. She's focused. Uh, my mother was like that. Um, definitely, you know, it's basically somebody that does what they're supposed to. I think that uh, the difference is you'll see some people that are too focused on, like, a practical example. She, like, it's, it's as simple as doing what you're supposed to, right? So she takes care of business, she takes care of her family, um, and not just um, simply doing a nine to five, but she takes care of like uh, something else on the side. So she has like multiple streams of income. But I think the biggest thing is it's simply somebody that is godly, does what they're supposed to, somebody that is not godly does not prioritize so they'll for instance like look for a man and prioritize that before god and that's how i can notice the difference between um, a godly woman and somebody that isn't they're just too focused on like finding a man or something like that that's supposed to be focused on what they're supposed to be doing and then god brings them a man when it's time no, oh, thank you so much, Jason. You know, and I remember when we were going through this as well that uh, I was also addressing men in this uh, Proverbs 31 that, you know what, if we are looking for a woman, our mate, our helpmate uh, for our lives, that, that this would be a good reference point not that it's a perfect woman, but that you want a woman with these traits because no one's perfect. We know that because we need Jesus <laughs> and we need people in our lives that reflect these areas. And the one point that I wanted to get across during that is that this person here loves God. And, and I love the way you say that, that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing because 
God wants us to reflect all these traits, not just for the woman, but for ourselves as well, to be industrious, to be caring for our families, rising up to take care of our families and things of that nature. But I, I made this point and, and I said that, men, when you find that woman, that woman needs to love God more than you. Yeah, you heard that point. Yep. And, and that was, uh, for me, that was a, a learning experience as well, because, man, if she loves me more than God, that means her priorities are off. If she's looking to me for her strength and her joy, then that means the priorities are off. But we see in the Proverbs woman that she knows her priorities. And it is such a wonderful thing. Yes, thank you so much. And yeah, and that was when we read in uh, verses uh, 20 through 21. And uh, yeah, it, it's so amazing. And, and when we read this, I don't want people to be intimidated because like, man, I, I, I've, I don't meet up to these standards and things of that nature. But you know what? Um, when we read in the book of James, it, uh, it, God explicitly tells us that when we seek God for wisdom in areas of our life, that he'll give it, give it generously. And that this is an aspiration that not just women, but men should, should aspire to because like, man, she did. She planned ahead. She, she made sure, like it says there uh, in 21, that she was not afraid for her household for when it snows, for all of her household are doubly clothed. That means that she was preparing for wintertime. She was preparing for unforeseen things. And, and you know what? Sometimes men, we don't think like that. <laughs> I think that's, God, that's why God made a woman because he's like, look, man, you need some help, brother. You need some help and uh to take care of uh, take care of life and so i'm so glad uh that god gave us this reference to say look you know this is a a woman I, I, and i think that's why god called women women because they they got whoa whoa uh, more than a man does <laughs> and they have capabilities uh that we don't have and that we need and that we should appreciate and uh, yeah, yeah, Jason. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you because you're asking, you're talking about your wife, right? Um, I'm 43 and I, I've been wise to not get married before I was ready. And I, I think that most people, um, like nowadays, they don't even get married. Like they just hook up before and they, I think it's almost child abuse, but I'll just be gracious, um, you know, having children before they're ready and they can't take care of them, right? Um, so I'm glad I didn't make that mistake. Um, but now I'm like, okay, I think, um, you know, I think I'm at least more ready at 43. However, I don't, I'm not convinced that I see in the Bible that men have to, the man that really searched for a woman, I don't think you have to search for something to find it. The man that really searched for a woman was Samson. And I, don't, I don't want to be like him. So did you have to search for your wife or were you doing what God called you to do and then you found her? This is Jason speaking. Oh, Jason, that is such a good, that's such a good one. You know what? There's, the scripture does tell us that there's some people that, that will not get married. And it does tell us that. There's some people that do get married. 
and they need to get married. And for me, <laughs> for me, I was not looking for a wife. I was, I was strictly in, uh, before I even became a Christian, and it's kind of funny, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just being honest and authentic here that, you know what, I, I didn't want to get married. And when I started, when I got saved, it was back in 94, I, I got saved and I was like, look, you know, I'm just, I'm enjoying God. I'm enjoying uh, his presence. I'm enjoying learning about him, um, going out, talking to people about Jesus. And when I came across my wife, well, she was not my wife at the time. Um, I specifically told God, I said, God, no, I don't want to like her. <laughs> and she just, she came across, we were mutual friends that we had. And I was like, Lord, I don't want to like her. And I actually prayed. I was like, no, 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 no. And, uh, but it, 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 it happened. We became friends. And then a couple of months later, and, and this is a, we're unique in this. Um, we got engaged uh, and I was in the military at the time. And we actually had a long relationship, a long distance relationship for almost uh, eight to 10 months. And then after that time that I was gone, I came back and we got married. But for me, for me, it was, uh, I was not looking. And I tell, and I, anytime somebody gives me advice and truthfully, Jason, I, I tell people, don't don't look for that person. Yeah, I, I think biblically that's a more common um, example I haven't seen as many examples in the Bible. For instance, Isaac, his servant, went and looked for um, Rebecca. Right? Mm -hmm. Was it him? Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it was. Uh, yeah, he looked. He was looking for a wife and came yeah, came across Rebecca. Yeah, like servant was sent to go look for him. So. The thing is, Samson is the one that went to look, right? So who wants to be like that? So for me, people say all sorts of things, give all sorts of advice, it's not biblical. They say, oh, you should go search for somebody. Uh, go search, right? Just because you find, he who finds a wife, finds a good thing. Look, I found a job. Um, sometimes when I'm not looking for it, somebody offered me one because I was so good at what I was doing, right? So I don't really think that, and I've, from, from experience as well, um, the godly relationships, I've found them without looking for them, right? And then, like, when I've looked, I've been on eight dating sites, right? And not found anybody. And then when I found the right people, it wasn't when I was looking. Actually, one time I was like, just, um, it was a Christmas time. We were, we were um, uh, singing Christmas carols. And it was a godly uh girl that somebody came up to me and said they wanted to introduce me to her and then when they introduced me to her i found out that um my my dad grew up with her dad um in antigua right and like we were like what are the chances of that so we do think that like god like it was a god connection now i don't think every god connection is for marriage and that's what I think people don't understand. Like you could, God can connect you to somebody. It doesn't mean you propose because God connected you with the person. It could be for a different purpose or you two could just like make some mistakes that mean that it doesn't result in leading up to the proposal 
And that was my example of when I realized that, okay, I wasn't searching, but then God found me doing what I was supposed to be doing with my church. And somebody came up to me and introduced me to somebody. So, and then after that, like I had gone through some where I was on eight dating sites and I found nobody. And then when I found somebody on Christian Mingle, and somebody found me, so it turned out that after two dates, she gave me an ultimatum, said she wouldn't wait until marriage. And I was like, ah. so I, I, I've been a Christian since I was nine. I don't have a BC story. And I do not believe that I have to search on eight dating sites to find my wife. Just had to do a little break here due to uh, not having permission for one of the guests uh, to air their remarks. But here is further continuation from Jason. Thank you. I'll go a step further than that. What I've noticed is that the godly woman, like Proverbs 31, she's, she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. So she's either working and doing ministry and serving and doing all of that, right? And then, then there's the other one. They're just on shoot your shot rooms, right? They're just looking for men. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for men. And the thing is, like, they're there. They're just looking for men. That's it. Like, even in ministry, they only go to the ministry things where it's like how to find a man, right? So they don't go to the other ministry things. They're not going to the ministry things about how to serve, how to help. And I've even had my own ministry things. And they don't come to that. They'll, they'll, I guess, see them in the How to Find a Man ministry. And then I'll invite them to my ministry and they won't come unless it's like, but if I ask them out on a date, they would come. But if it's something just about God, they won't come. So I'm like, well, if I went out with one of them, then they won't come to like, so then I end up marrying somebody that just loves me, just into me, just is about me. And then she says, just be about me. And I'm like, wait a minute. I have a ministry thing to do and she wouldn't come, right? Or she'd come just because she's supposed to come. I don't think I can do that. So like, I see tons of women in this ministry things for finding a man. And then when I was building my ministry things and or I'm doing a ministry room, they won't come, right? So I don't think I wanna find somebody that's on the eight dating sites that I was on, right? Because if she won't come to the ministry things, my ideal would be finding somebody that's in their purpose, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then I think I'm just gonna continue to concentrate on doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's great, like I love it. I'm doing a room every nine o'clock, right? And serving people. I wish somebody would come to that and she would just be like, I, hey, I like what you're doing. Because at the end of the day, I want somebody that's about God and serving and doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't think I can please somebody that's just about me, right? Because then I'm just going to be not good enough, right? So like you can say what um, you believe, but I don't even listen to people that are married um, if they say something that's not biblical. People exalt experience too much. And I hear people that they have ungodly experiences they're married 70 years. So somebody's like, oh, you've been married 70 years. Tell us what, what? And they said, like, they might be like Bill and Melinda Gates. And I follow Bill Gates. And I worked at Microsoft in 98, 99. It doesn't matter if somebody's been married 70 years. Who cares? 
I look at the biblical example. The biblical example, the guy that was about searching after women all the time is Samson. I'm not doing that. This is Jason Kinsey speaking. I've been a Christian since 1986. I'm done speaking. This is amazing. Wow. I never heard this from a man's perspective like that in reference to women also going to ministry events to go look for men. And I like the fact that you have your standard because if the person is just coming for that self-interest and not the God interest and the building up of their own faith, then it's very, very superficial and there is no foundation. I really thank you for blessing me with that. I've been married for 28 years and I have always leaned in so deep into God and I believe and I always tell my husband, it's God who has sustained this marriage. Because obviously, <laughs> it has to be God, you know? So, I'm really, you know, I really appreciate that. I'm speaking recently. Wow, wow, wow. Thank you so much, everybody, for sharing. Thank you, Jason, for sharing your heart. And uh, I, I have to concur because um, I've seen it too. I've seen and heard from many women who were Christians and they're like, I'm looking for a man, looking for a man. You know what? And, and you know what? By God's grace, um, I'm so thankful that, um, that I found my wife. And, I, and I'm not saying anything, anything derogatory to you, Jason, because I know some people that have waited and they were 44, um, yeah, years of age. Yesterday, yeah, but. yeah, and, and they they found their significant other while conducting ministry, and 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 they were doing ministry together, not not knowing each other, but they kept on running into each other, doing the same ministry, you know, out and about doing outreaches and things of that nature, and then. A, a, a relationship occurred and happened and they got married, you know, and yeah, that is so uh, wonderful. Uh, are they still together? Yeah. And they're still together. Yes. Yeah. Cause they're, they're a purpose. They're, a, they're in their purpose. The most godly relationship I had was when I was 27 and uh, we didn't have one argument for a whole year, but in our exit interview, she said she wanted to go to law school in the States and she couldn't commit to coming back. And that's why we broke up. Mm -hmm. But in our exit interview, she said, you know, this, you can tell the next woman that this internet ministry stuff, this poetry ministry stuff and mm. this free share stuff comes along with the package because she didn't like it, but she was so godly, right? For the whole year, mm. she, she helped me with my poetry shows and she realized that's what she was supposed to do because she was my girlfriend. She sat in the front row and helped me and did workshops with me and stuff. But she told me after the year, she didn't like it. So I said, well, it's a good thing. She said she wanted to go to law school in the States and she couldn't come, commit to coming back because she would have been miserable sitting in the front row doing like when I'm doing my shows and all this stuff and then I'm dropping my books. She, she liked, she said she liked traditional ministry and my ministry is online, right? And uh, so she would have been miserable. She married a guy um, that was a traditional minister, didn't do anything on the internet, right? He's probably struggling now. <laughs> no, he's struggling. But, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, the building is closed. I'm in Toronto. The building's closed. We're in lockdown. And I'm in my, I'm in my purpose, right? We're doing well because, you know what I mean? Like, my ministry is online anyway. So mm -hmm. it's the same for me. And I'm like, nine out of ten. I'm only not a ten 
because my family is struggling. They're all depressed because they're building people. So, you know, um, I know that I'm not behind, even though I'm 44. And all these people that pressure me, I have people that virgin shame me. I even had a minister that kicked me off the stage because I was saying that I was waiting. And, you know, I think he was intimidated. Well, some people call themselves ministers on this app. And, you know, who knows if God, you know what I mean? I'm not going to speak against a man of God. I just know that you can put, you can name yourself anything, right? I don't even put that I'm an ordained minister on my profile. Why? It doesn't do anything to edify anybody. So, um, you know, Pharaoh had titles. Moses had testimonies. Mm. All I know is everybody has a different time. And I don't know where, why people think there's some book. If out of the 66, it says what age you have to get married. But people have put so much pressure on people. Like they know their time is past. Like they're cattle and they're not producing. And I don't think it's godly. This is Jason Kinsey speaking. Hey, thank you. Thank you, Jason. And um, before my batteries run out here, um, but thank you guys, all of you guys for coming on. Thank you for blessing this time. Thank you for uh, sharpening iron with us right now. Thank you, Jason, for being uh, open and uh, honest about your situation. And, and uh, you know what, and it's, it's a blessing, you know, it's a blessing to just to, to be where you're at. And sometimes I, it, I don't want to get on another tirade about something else, but I know sometimes people shame others because of their own shame that they have within themselves and it hasn't been healed and they need healing in those areas as well. Um, but, but we're all about edifying. We're all about encouraging. And you know what, if God is going to uh, bring a woman into your life to get married, she will show up. And she will make herself known. Believe me. <laughs> she Thank will. You. Yes. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't checked on all of those dating sites. I got the website. Yeah. She will make herself known. Uh, but I, I'm going to go ahead and pray us all out um, because I have to start getting ready. We have to travel here uh, to visit family and to celebrate Mother's Day down south in Texas. Um, but again, thank you all for being on. And I'm just going to pray us out. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for each and every person that is here, those that have popped in and left out again. Thank you for showering us with your word, Father God, and not leaving us nor forsaking us, like it says in your word. Thank you for giving us a gift of life. This is in your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit, Lord God. You said you'll never leave us nor forsake us, and that you're here with us. Thank you for your wisdom that you've provided so wonderfully in Jesus Christ. Thank you for having your mercies each and every day that are fresh and new for us. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this weekend. Thank you for our mothers. Thank you for our wives. Thank you for our daughters, our nieces, granddaughters. We pray your special blessing over them, Father God, as we celebrate Mother's Day. But I, you know what? It's, it's a celebration of women in our lives that have blessed us so richly. We pray your Holy Spirit touch them, your grace be upon them, your joy that is so wonderful will bless and shower them richly, Father God, that they know that they are loved beyond measure. 
by their families, by their children, by you, Father God. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your wonderful grace. We pray your blessing upon each and every person here and those that were in here earlier, that we will just walk in your mercies, walk in your love, walk in your favor each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. You guys have a wonderful, wonderful, awesome weekend and Mother's Day. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs> well, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Uh, logged off the clubhouse. And uh, guys, have a blessed, blessed, blessed weekend. And, and wow, what a good, uh, good time that we had with the folks on clubhouse and with you guys here. Have a blessed weekend. Bye-bye.